Hey everybody, I'm Mitch. I'm Eric. And I'm Nick. And welcome to We Meant to Do That, a show where we go out and try stuff. Stuff? 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 And, <laughs> and then come on here and talk about it. Today's episode... We tried shuff. We tried shuff. The new street oh, drug. the shuff. We tried out escape rooms, and today's this very special... Episode. Episode. With a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I can't talk today, uh, but it's a very special episode. Probably that big old beard catches your lips. Yeah, Getting all heavy. Just keep eating it. We had the chance to interview Janet Varney. You may know her as Sheriff Evie Barrett on Stand Against Evil, or the voice of Korra in the Nickelodeon series Legend of Korra. Today we're talking mostly to her about her experience with the Geek and Sundry Project, Escape. What is that? What is the Geek and Sundry Project, Escape, Mitch? Well, Eric, I'm glad you asked. It's a show on the internet about celebrities coming together and doing different themed escape rooms. Mm. Mm-hmm. As usual, to close out the show, we will be ending with Hyperdrive Hypothetical Hoedown. So what do you guys think of Escape? rooms um escape rooms what is escape rooms fox valley i believe is the escape rooms wisconsin the appleton branch yes it sounds like a cult because it sort of is it was a lot of fun i don't know why i just automatically assumed escape rooms were horror themed so i was like super nervous going in because i don't like scary things (laughs) and no ours was about a crazy cat lady and you had to try to find her money it's pretty great super great one word. I really liked it. It was a really good time. That's more than one that, word. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> no, uh, it was really fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's actually more rewarding and very team friendly. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. I think we all, it was nice to have a group of people all trying. Yeah, especially a group of people with genius IQs. That really helped. Naturally. Yeah, and yeah, we're all. Me. And then, then us three. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially our wives kicked ass and we're like, oh, there's cats in here. I mean, without me. That couch would have not been plugged. That's true, and I did search the the poop. We won't give away too many spoilers, but there was a pressure trigger, and Nick found it by using his whole body. For two people. It was literally two people were supposed to sit down on a couch at the same time, and it opened a thing, and Nick's like, got this. So you had the preconceived idea that it might be scary. Nick, did you have any preconceived notions? No, I think I pretty much knew what they were for the most part. Like, I've heard about them quite a few times, so I kind of had, like, a, a pretty good idea what they were. Obviously, I didn't know what this one was, but I pretty I knew they weren't, like, a, a horror thing. It was just, like, a puzzle. Mm-hmm. I was just shocked. So this is not a national chain. There are two stores, I think, in right now, Green Bay and Appleton? Correct. And that's just them, their special branch. But there are escape rooms all over the country that are independently owned and operated and i was just shocked given that it was a two-store shop like operation the technology they had like they had these weird like magnet triggers that had to be four separate ones that had to be put in the right order and pushed up against a wall at the same time and that opened up a bookcase which was also a door to a kitchen and i was like what the Fuck. I did not. I mean, that door was cooler than the door we entered in <laughs> to get to the escape room. Like, whoa. Yeah, it, it just blew me away. Not only that, but it's very deceiving from the outside what it was going to be inside. Yeah. Because it's like, it's in a strip mall. Like, it's it's a couple buildings next. Like, it just doesn't seem like, like okay, where how big can this place really be? And then you get in there, and it's actually like, there's a whole front lobby area that's closed off from, like, the back area, so you register and everything. 
and then you go in the back and there's like a bunch of different rooms and they have like an orientation it's like surprisingly yeah pretty large i really want to talk about i'm sorry mitch hasn't talked but that's okay sad he can't talk today they had this idea and i love it and i want to share it with the world of making a the owners sorry the owners of the uh the escape room had an idea to make a uh an antique shop open up an antique shop that was just an antique shop during the week but on the weekends they set up clues and if you solved the clues you gained entrance to a secret speakeasy <laughs> that was hidden in the back and, and they and had getting... windows to watch the other people who hadn't made it in yet yeah which was really cool yeah it just if you um live in wisconsin chances are you know about um safe house safe house in milwaukee which is essentially the same thing except it's a very poorly kept secret and they never change their password so it's like if you know the password if anyone's ever been there before they can tell you the password and you just get in but so it sounded like a souped up version of the safe house do you want to talk mitch you can talk i can jump in yeah Oh my god. Um, All right, that's enough. Nick, so <laughs> what was your favorite puzzle in the escape room? Cutting you off. Ah, oh, damn it. The staff were wonderful and they explained everything thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And there was a hint system in place if we did get stuck. That was very nice. I did like saying, if you are struggling, it's not like you have to be a su- extremely smart, you know. Yeah. You don't have to be sure like Holmes to figure out how to like actually solve the. Well, this one, I don't know how it is. <laughs> like nationally or from different store to store but they would give us like little clues that like if we're in the right direction they'd be like yep you can do that or one time i joked about punching out a ceiling tile and like "Uh, don't fucking do that please (laughs) and um but you also get three major clues if we go back we should use those like earlier like i feel like we really were prideful and like no we got this we got this and then it took us too long and then probably I don't think we used one before 30 minutes was up. Like I, no, no. No. So we used all three in the last 30 minutes. And because we did that, we solved it. Like I think for us, too, we also were so spread out and all doing different things. Yeah. That it made it very difficult to even know what we had figured out and what we didn't have figured out. Because there's people that were, like, solving things that have already been solved, but they didn't know it was already... It was yeah. just a very... There's a lot going there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, and you want to, like, that division to get stuff done, but communication is definitely a, a benefit. If you're going for, like, that time, like, yeah. you want to beat record, you know, like that. Because we still had, what, 17 minutes? So right around 17, a little like under, yeah. I believe. I feel like you kind of touched on it with communication, but we had a really good team chemistry, mostly because we all know each other and we're married to... Each other. All, each all other. of us, we are just, it's a commune. Yeah, big polygamist commune. They had me on all of the color puzzles, which was amazing. <laughs> that was probably my favorite so part. Nice. When we were getting Have we down, mentioned that Nick is colorblind on this podcast. Ooh, I don't know if it's the right time to bring it I don't up. Think we have ever mentioned that? We'll bring it up when we get to trivia again. <laughs> Beside, I think that was probably my favorite part. Of the whole experience was Nick doing the color puzzle. Yeah, there's three, like, oh. three red, five blue. He's like, ah, uh, the fuck? Five gray, four gray, three gray? <laughs> Wait, the darker gray or the, the lighter gray? What color gray is it to you guys? What did you guys find the most enjoyable? I don't know, the whole thing. I was really, I was just blown away. So, stepping into the room, and it was a smallish room, say, 
probably what like seven by ten maybe yeah then all of a sudden the bookcase opened up and there's a fucking kitchen like that was my favorite part like oh no this is cool we gotta figure out the clues in here and we have to get out and it's gonna be so much fun then there's another goddamn room i really thought that was just like a closet like i did not think there was gonna be a whole separate room yeah like right next to like it didn't look like that at all but that was very cool yeah what was your favorite part nick i would have to say that i enjoyed just i mean puzzles are great for me but what i really liked when we left was that raleigh is not a very big puzzle person and she even felt like she was useful like she there's a there's something for everyone there that's what i enjoy Mm -hmm. it's like even if you aren't that person who likes solving things you still feel like you're part of like the team and you're still like solving things which i I definitely enjoyed everything's a puzzle like even you're like hey Guys, did you see this? Like, that's still helping because it well, might no, be something we haven't seen. There's or... plenty of stuff that we were overthinking that it was nice to have someone who's like, what about this? And you're like, oh. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, that, wow, I really went out of the out of the way with that one. So. Yeah. Did we touch on all the other themes this place had? I don't know all the other themes. They had a Crazy Cat Lady theme, which we did. There was a couple holiday themes. Mm-hmm. And then a couple secret agent spy themes, which I feel like would be... A sports theme, too, if I remember correctly. Okay. But they all seem so much fun. Yeah. And I want to just... As soon as we got out of there, I was like, okay, I want to go again. I was a mm-hmm. little kid. The biggest reason why I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go back every single day is there's a goddamn leaderboard. Yeah. Who gets out the fastest? I just want to be the motherfucker that gets out the fastest. Well, I like that there's also in the lobby there the um, percentage of times people have escaped that room. So you can really see if it is your first escape room, you could actually pick one that isn't isn't like crazy like, oh, there's only 20% of the people who pay to get into this actually get out of the room. So I think that's really nice too. But same with you, like there's so many other ones that like as soon as we got done, I was like, we should go back in like right now. Mm-hmm. They have an awesome marketing strategy too where their entire gift shop is only if you escape the escape room. Yeah. So it's like, um, because in the way it might not sound like an awesome marketing track strategy because you're limiting your market audience, but it makes like the people who escape be like, fuck yeah, I want that shirt. Like I have to have it rather than like Hard Rock Cafe shirts that are like, everyone's got one of those. Everyone's got one of those. And all I had to do was walk in and eat a big old burger I didn't want. Question for you guys. Yes, Mitch? Do you think you'd have as much fun if you didn't escape? Not as much fun, no. I would have had fun. I think it it would have been overshadowed by your disappointment Mm -hmm. by not being able to figure it out. But I still think it would have been fun remembering stuff. And like, but I still, there would have been a little bit like, oh, that's a big bummer. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think that if you're going for the first time, unless you're like a crazy puzzle person, probably start with one that's a little more, so you can kind of get a feel because there's like a different thinking to it. Like you have to, like, once you get used to how it works, it's easier, I think, going forward. But I think the people there would easily recommend, oh, maybe you should start. If you say, oh, I'm a beginner, what's the one I can kind of start with to to get used to? I'm sure they'd be happy to give you advice. They genuinely enjoyed their job. And that's what, like, you could tell that they were very passionate about Mm -hmm. what they're doing instead of just, like, three high schoolers they hired work for the area so that was very cool too i was really worried about that walking in because they all were younger they like, looked they didn't younger look... girls too and it's just like oh fuck there's no way they want to be here no especially like the dude who i believe was the owner he had to be i think so um was just so passionate about it so it wasn't some guys like hey here escape rooms make money like let me 
open up escape rooms and well and then even him talking about like like you're talking about the antique store he had talked about how he's already taken it up with the city yeah and like all these things and actually trying to just improve like he just is so passionate about what he's doing you can you want to enjoy it even more because yeah. you could tell he actually enjoys it which just makes for a better experience for sure. we need our own metric to gauge our activities that we do mm-hmm. what do we call it um like on a one to five scale, but something us related. Yes. Um, one to five owls. I kind of like owls. Well, there's only bump. there's only one owl. There's only one owl. Yeah, I think it's a full owl. <laughs> I would definitely give this activity a full owl. One full owl. Yeah. Two owl pellets. Gross. That mean that <laughs> no, seems poop, bad. That seems like a bad thing. <laughs> I know. No, it was uh yeah for full full owl, wings spread, all the way out. Majestic. Yeah. Majestic. Definitely, like, when you leave something and you're like, I just want to do that again, Yeah, you know that it was worth what you did. So. Mm-hmm. And really not that unreasonably priced. I toyed with the idea of quitting my profession and going to work Because, <laughs> like, just... It, was, sit, it seemed like, like it'd be really fun. Especially the, the the gal who was leading our room, like I said, was funny. It was like, if we were on the right track, we'd just be like, yeah, you're doing it. Or like, hey, guys, uh, you're dumb. Don't fucking do that. We're just because it being Crazy Cat Lady, too, we'd hear like... It's like, oh, she said something to us. It was, it was a lot of fun. I would, I would go again in a heartbeat. What's your owl rating? A full, one full, one full owl, snowy owl with a barn owl riding on its back. That's two owls. It's become one owl. <laughs> They're starting that's to two fuse. separate owls. What is a riding? I don't know. It's a philosophical question. We'll get into it later. So thank you to Escape Room Wisconsin, Appleton Branch. Yes, thank you. For all the information and having wonderful staff and a wonderful room for us to magically get out of and boast. When this um, episode goes up to all, post a link to their Facebook page. So if you are local, check them out. If you're not, uh, just Google um, Escape Rooms. I think that's how we ended up finding it. And luckily, gosh, from us, well, for you, it's like a five-minute drive for my wife Mm -hmm. and I. 10 minutes so i mean we we said the name of the place we went which means we liked it like yes. we wouldn't we wouldn't give you the name if we were gonna like say bad things about them exactly so the fact that we are all for them and fully support them yeah and as of yet they're not paying us so we even <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna be really weird if they do become like a sponsor and be like all right and this week we baked cookies with vin diesel sponsored by escape rooms <laughs> get out <laughs> i don't know what their tagline is Probably, that's a good one though. escape from us escape with us that's a pretty good one we should yeah, they really should sponsor us we're probably killing this <laughs> totally nonchalant <laughs> plug <laughs> when we come back i had the chance to sit down and talk with janet varney on the phone and open it up with a really bad joke by Eric and Courtney Pullman. Booze and Cartoons is a discussion of beloved animated shows and movies with a boozy twist. You can find Booze and Cartoons on the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, and at their website, PullmanPodcast.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Pullman Podcasts. Hello, Janet. Hey, Mitch, what's going on? Oh, just another day in paradise, almost burning down my house. It's been great. How are you doing? Oh, no. Are you near fires? Where are you? Well, no. Sorry, I didn't mean to be insensitive to the stuff going on in California, but I tried baking this morning. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. I can't believe you made that particular joke. Yeah, I... 
<laughs> Don't hold it against me, please. I, I won't. I uh, won't. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. Listen, I'm nowhere near the real fires, nor did I bake this morning. So that, uh, aside good. from some occasional um, burning sage, uh, I, so, I'm so far okay. <laughs> That's good to hear. Uh, how crazy has the last month been for you? Um, I mean, it's been pretty crazy. <laughs> Uh, I, I, this is a crazy time of year for me because of, um, the comedy festival I produce. So that sort of has a built-in craziness all its own that I've been experiencing for the last 17 years. But, but yeah, when you sort of add other, other life stuff on top of that, it can get a little cuckoo. <laughs> I can't agree more. <laughs> Sketchfest comes up in, on January 11th. That's right. Yeah. We open on the 11th and we go through the 28th. So we'll have like, I don't know, I think it's something insane, like a couple hundred shows. Oh, good grief. Yeah, like big and small, you know, small theaters all the way up to like 1,400 seat theaters and 1,600 seat theaters. And so it's it's all over the place, but it's definitely really fun. Do you get time to sleep? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not the most sleep I get is not that, is not Sketchfest time of year. But I will, you know, one good thing about um, kind of being in this business and, and doing what uh, those of us who have the you know singular d the honor and privilege and luck, so much of it is luck, to uh, to be able to do this for a living is, you know, your schedule is just so wonky all the time and you're traveling all the time. And, you know, when I was shooting Stan Against Evil, we were we got into shooting nights. So, you know, you sort of try to sleep until one in the afternoon because, you know, you're going to be working until seven in the morning. So things get so crazy that um, I think it creates an adaptability in even people who normally like I sort of I think my my nature is to want routine and stability, but obviously I've been able to push past that. I must want this more because, you know, I've been able to kind of do that and and not have a whole a whole bunch of routine and still be alive. <laughs> well, sage and coffee go a long way. I mean, I guess. Listen, I don't even drink that much coffee. It makes me a little bit uh, cuckoo. So I um, I I stick to tea. Uh, you're better for it then. Yeah. Tea and sage, man. My two and a half years in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is basically just like a version of, you know, some sort of like another hippie city like Boulder or someplace like that, Berkeley. They'd be so proud of me that I drink tea and burn sage from time to time. It's really incongruous with some of the other elements of my life, I guess. You brought up Stand Against Evil and it's absolutely hilarious. I'm up to Curse of the Pony episode right now. Oh, no. Nice, nice. And I'm totally in love with it. What's it like shooting that? Uh, it's so fun. It's so fun. You know, we really move kind of fast and furious and uh, not to be confused with the movie franchise, um, <laughs> but we do move very quickly. Uh, we get a tremendous amount shot in, in a pretty short amount of time. And that creates this kind of like crazy summer camp intensity where you're sort of bonding with your your cast and crew hardcore because you're just all together for, you know, long days and in, in the case of Stan, you know, we're doing it in the summer. So we're either um, huddled up together under a tent because there are lightning storms and incredible rainfall, or we're all sort of sweating next to each other in the Atlantic heat. And, uh, and so, you know, you really kind of fall in love with this group of people very quickly. And, uh, and then it's painful when it's over and you have to say goodbye until, you know, next year, if you're lucky enough to have a next year. And, um, and so it's, it's, for me, it's kind of, I sort of prefer that. I mean, I've worked on shows where, uh, and I do still work on shows where, you know, you sort of have two weeks on one week off and, you know, you can move at a slower clip because your budget is higher or because you have a studio built and you're just kind of, you're the only tenants of that studio, so to speak. 
And uh, I think there's something, maybe it's the comedy and improv background for me that just kind of makes it fun to sort of have the challenge of like, all right, we got to knock all this stuff out. And, um, and that the spontaneity of that for me, I think is, is actually really, I like, I sort of prefer it. Fair enough. And included in your busy schedule, you're involved in escape, which I assume you have to yell for the title. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was, we shot that, uh, we shot that little season, I guess it will be almost two years ago in February, um, at Geek and Sundry. And I don't know if they, I mean, I have not heard of any plans to do another season, um, in part because I'm the two producers that kind of created it, um, that I worked on with it and produced with it, uh, have, have since gone to other companies and stuff. So, if they decided to do another one, it would definitely um, there would be some sort of like starting from from scratch, I think, on the Geek and Sundry side. But, you know, if they called, I would definitely have that conversation because it was such a blast to do. Well, you were wonderful, wonderful on the show. And thank you. Escape rooms are what Love we do. Them. We just tried out our first escape room. And I was curious if you're an avid escape room fan yourself. I am. Yeah, I um, That's kind of how I think I ended up even getting involved was that uh, I was having a conversation with um, Geek and Sundry about something totally different. And uh, I made some joke about it. Like, I think I said something like, anyway, like, I'll either be doing that or I'll be doing an escape room. And the producers kind of looked at each other, like, with a significant look. And I sort of went, what? what I say? Uh, and they said, you know, we've been talking about wanting to do an escape room show. And I said, whatever it is, I want to be a part of it from the ground up. Let's do this. I love escape rooms. So, um, so that's, that's actually how it came about. And um, there are definitely people who have done, you know, every escape room in Los Angeles that I feel like there are hundreds, if not thousands. Uh, and I don't have, I, I haven't had as much time to do as many as I'd like, but I mean, I still say I've done at least like 40, you know, maybe Holy more. Cow. Um, I, they're just a blast. It's kind of my perfect, like for me, it's the perfect social plan. Like I don't, I'm not really, a, you know, my days of like, let's just meet at the bar and kind of drink and yell at each other over music are yeah. sort of over. They kind of ended for me when I was like 19. I was like, well, okay, I, I get it. Um, and so for me doing things like game nights or, you know, anything interactive where there is this sort of structure to it and there's a, a playfulness and a game to it to me is like the most fun way to be social with friends. And I love puzzles. So it's kind of, you know, I like, and I feel like I'm just competitive enough to take it seriously and I'm just goofball enough to not take it that seriously. Yeah. Cause it's still gotta be an enjoyable experience. Totally. I mean, no point in pulling out your hair over it. Exactly. So how did your first one go? What's the theme? Uh, well, our first room was Crazy Cat Lady, and nice. we, we had to break into her vault and steal all of her hoarded cat insurance money. I don't remember the plot uh. exactly, but it was something <laughs> along those lines. That sounds like it makes a lot of sense. But we made it out. So we were victorious, and there was pictures and lots of jovial actions. So it was great. Nice. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We need all the encouragement and congrats we can get. <laughs> wow, that's crazy that you just got involved from the ground up and the way the stars aligned on that. 
Yeah, it really was. And it was so cool to um, watch our designers, you know, come up with the puzzles and the room themes and see those things. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but we were just working out of one studio. And once again, it was like we were working on, you know, a quick schedule. It's not like we we didn't we weren't going to have people go through the room more than once. So whatever we got is what we got. You know, they that was all legit. People were just going through the escape rooms. They did them once. We shot it and that was it. And so within that soundstage, we would, um, we would have a different escape room put together every single day. So we would finish shooting with the, with the celebs and, you know, we would do the kind of recap and stuff and right after, or sometimes even during us, as long as they could be quiet, as long as, you know, (laughs) when we were recapping with people, um, the amazing crew would already be tearing down that escape room and starting to put together the next one because we were going to be shooting on it the very next day. So um, that was one of the most extraordinary things is like I would I would go home in the you know late afternoon and be like, bye, guys. Good luck. <laughs> and then by the time I came in the next day, it would be a completely different set with all the puzzles. And, you know, there's a bunch of construction and and logistics and you know all of the stuff that has to work right like oh this panel has to slide open when they when xyz happens and you know a lot of that is has to be built in and remote because it's not like a person is there operating that kind of stuff on the set so um it was it was really impressive like i i was just so incredibly impressed with the behind the scenes crew on that show did you have any say in the themes of the rooms I think that, well, only in that I said, this is great, this is great, this is great. I don't think I, there was anything that I was like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Um, I loved all of it. We had a huge list of um, other themes that we were hoping to get into if we did do a season two. So that list definitely exists. And, uh, you know, it's all, they're all pretty timeless themes. So it could be, I'm sure it would work at any given time, at any different point in time, we could definitely still um, work with those rooms. Um, Cause you know, it's one of those, it's kind of that addictive feeling where once you have success with one, you start going like, Oh, wh- you know what else would be cool is blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know what? I love that movie. Blah, blah, blah. Like, wouldn't that make a cool escape room theme? So you can kind of, you could just spin off forever with ideas, I think. Oh, absolutely. Did you have a, a favorite team or a favorite moment that happened on camera? Because it's hard to just choose one team that came on. Oh, sure. Sure. God, you know what? <sighs> That's really tough. I remember just laughing our butts off uh, on the the like the serial killer cabin one, just because you know uh, for those people who haven't seen it, one player was like blindfolded and handcuffed the entire time, like he had a bag over his head, and just unfortunately, like the comedy of seeing someone who, by the way, is really a great player, be so uh, dependent on his. Uh, fellow players who kind of didn't seem like they were that interested in getting him out <laughs> was just really, really funny. And, uh, and so I love that. I loved, I loved Felicia um, and that sort of Indiana Jones kind of temple uh, episode because Felicia um, would just start screaming things and, her energy, you know, she's a friend. And so, I mean, I know what she's like in escape rooms, but um, just getting to see that happening, getting to see like the way, (laughs) the way her anxiety would raise and the way she would express that was, 
absolutely hilarious and she's such a good player and she's so good at that stuff um and she is really competitive but she's so smart that just you know sort of seeing her go like ah, 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 uh was was gold pure gold besides raging and tearing your teammates heads off what do you think that's right is the most important characteristic of a good escape room team Oh, well, for good escape from team, I think it's absolutely listening. I think listening is the hardest thing um, to do in those situations because y- you get really you get caught up in in the you know the exact purpose of the escape room, which of course is to give you this sense of like oh, we're losing time, we're losing time, and so I think that's the the frenetic energy and when we forget to listen to each other because someone will call from across the room, you know, I found this thing and no one's listening because they're all frantically trying to find something. And then it turns out that, you know, you could have solved something ages ago if you just paid more attention to what someone else, how something else connected to something you were working on. And I feel like there's something to that, like even just like, you know, I watched The Amazing Race as well. I'm a big fan of that. And the sort of trope on that is like, read the clue all the way through and make sure you understand it because so often, you know, and we're sitting at home and we feel like, you know, we have with the sort of armchair quarterback where you can look at something and go, you know, oh, God, guys, how could you miss that? But it's that sense of anxiety and, and that frenetic energy that has a tremendous amount of power when you're the one going through it and you just miss stuff. Oh, absolutely. Just to close things up, since you alluded to the Fast and the Furious later, I had a really quick rapid fire question air for uh-huh. you. But now I have to name it Too Fast, Too Quizziest. Okay, sure you do. I could see how you would be required to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No trademark or anything, so it's good. Right. So whenever you're ready, I got 10 super fast questions for you. Okay, great. Favorite color? Uh, Blue. Favorite historical figure? Oh, man. Uh, Favorite historical figure? I'm supposed to be really fast. Uh, (laughs) Favorite historical figure? uh, Favorite historical figure? uh, Favorite historical figure? you know what? I was just in San Francisco and I just visited the Martin Luther King uh, memorial that's there and I love it. And, and so I'm going to say MLK. Fair enough. Favorite curse word? Uh, I'm sure it's shit. <laughs> favorite board game? Oh, favorite board game. Um, You know what? I'm going OG and going Clue. Nice. Favorite fandom to be a part of? Uh, oh, to be a part of as a fan or be to be a part of in any way? As a fan. As a fan... Well, this is totally dorky, but as a fan, probably still Avatar Legend of Korra. Fair enough. By the way, our fellow podcast, Booze and Cartoons, want to congratulate you on Legends of Korra, and they love it, and they're going to be reviewing it soon. Thanks. Oh, right on. They drink and they watch cartoons. It's fantastic. Well, tell them I said thank you and uh, cheers. Favorite city? Favorite city. Oh, boy. Uh, I guess I'm going to go San Francisco. Okay. Favorite activity? Um, probably just being outside in a non-city context. Least favorite? Least favorite activity. Not understanding why a piece of my technology is not working. <laughs> uh, something you've always wanted to try? Something I've always wanted to try. Um, uh, something I've always wanted. I'm really bad at rapid fire, aren't I? Uh, no, uh, you're doing I've great. I'm putting you under a lot of pressure. Oh, oh well, good. Okay. Um, something I've always wanted to try... I'm, all I can think of is things I'm terrified of, so I don't know why I would be thinking of things I wanted to try that I, I that I, you know what? I think I would like to be like a more a more accomplished. I have zero skill whatsoever. I think it'd be cool if I were like a badass spelunker. <laughs> uh, and just to finish things off, what do you think, listeners of this podcast, 
or just people in general should try? What do I think the listeners of the podcast should try? Uh, well, I would definitely say escape room. I, I think um, a lot of people think that it's not for them. They think like, oh, I'd be so anxious or oh, I'd feel trapped. Like if you think that you have like mild claustrophobia or something, um, you think that the or you think they're going to be scary. And uh, and I would say uh, you can certainly find scary escape room themes, but you absolutely can do really fun, silly ones. And uh, and it, it's not what you think. They're totally just goofy and fun. You did it. Thank you so much. I Thank did you it. so much for being on Thanks, the show. Mitch. Oh, my pleasure. Absolute pl- pleasure on our part, too. Anything else you want to plug that's coming up besides SF Sketchfest? I mean, I would say check out Seeing Against Evil. You can still watch it on the IFC app. So that's super easy. Even if you don't have IFC, you can watch it and, uh, and listen to my free podcast on the Nerdist Network, the JV Club. Coming up on 300 episodes. Coming up on 300. Thanks for reminding me. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> I think when I Ooh, checked, it was like 283 or something. We're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, congrats on that as well. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Mitch. And uh, good luck with your baking. Oh, thank you very much. It'll hopefully go better than this morning. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Okay, have a great day. You too. We'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas for the guys that we meant to do that, go to PullmanPodcast.com and click on the Contact Us link. Or tweet us at PullmanPodcasts, hashtag we meant to do that. Welcome back, everybody. Hey. Just want to thank Janet again for taking the time and coming on the show and just being awesome in general. Yeah, thanks, Janet. You're awesome. Yeah. You're amazing. Sad, sad we couldn't meet you. We give you one full owl. Yeah, you get the biggest owl. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just barrage her Twitter mm-hmm. with owl emojis and she's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, especially because the episode won't be out because I'm going to do <laughs> yeah. it like right after this. Yeah. We give you an owl as big as the eagles from Lord of the Rings. Like, if they were owls, that's the owl you get. I don't think I've ever given anyone as big a compliment as that. <laughs> so, are you guys ready for the hyperdrive hypothetical hoedown I, about escaping? I am. It's been too long. Who would you have your money on to escape from an escape room first? Gandalf or Dumbledore? That's hard. I think they would both suck. <laughs> Dumbledore is the head of an academic establishment, so I feel like he's smart. I don't know Dumbledore's intellectual, f- not Dumbledore, the other one's intellectual feats. So I or think... really any of his magical feats. That's my biggest. Yeah, like, they they about. tell they you he's really powerful, but you don't really feat anything. But one time he whispers to a moth and summons what should have been an owl, <laughs> but it was an eagle. <laughs> That's all. Or one time he makes his staff glow real bright. Oh and yeah. Falls down a pit. Yeah. And says, "Don't pass." Don't pass, you guy. I believe is the quote. <laughs> hey there, guy. Working. Hey Don't. you. Stop what you're doing. Yeah, dude, you're not pass. gonna not gonna pass here with me standing here, guy. I, I think I have to agree with the. I think he. I could see him being more of a puzzle person. You know, again, that's the whole like. I'm never late, never on time. He'd wait the whole sixty seconds and then get out. Yeah. Tell them be like, I got things to do. I got school to get back to. Gotta get busy dying. <laughs> I gotta quick kill my Snape. Spoilers. Oh man. Oh, we just lost half of our fan base. <laughs> yeah, because half our fan base are people who haven't read or seen <laughs> Harry Potter. That makes sense. Bruce Willis as John McClane from Die Hard, or Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken from Escape from New York. It's not. This isn't fair because John McClane. That's that his name, John. John. Johnny Boy. <laughs> 
he would just escape through the vents, and he's he's out. Like he technically escaped, and he'd be out. And he cheated, but he escaped first. You became motherfuckers. Those are like, hey, those aren't the rules. Sorry, this is supposed to be fun. It's guy. Yes, sir. I think that'd be a rule rule for the first hypothetical too. Is if they actually followed the rules, I think it's an easier choice. Because yeah. I feel like somebody might just bust on the door and tell people, you can't pass here anymore. <laughs> hey there, the guy. One, the, other one, can't pass here. the other one might actually, you know, solve the puzzle. You're, you're out of luck in the passing department. <laughs> Have you seen Escape from New York? Nope. Oh. I've heard about it. This is an escape movie. About escape rooms? No. About how, how trendy. Moving right along. Kurt Russell. Michael Jackson or <laughs> Justin Bieber? Oh my god! I think Michael Jackson. He escaped all those allegations. He'd probably <laughs> he get right did. out of that room. Zero fucking convictions. Also, he's dead. <laughs> Just go straight to the wall. What's up with you, dead guys? Like so many you know, guys. About hundred percent of people die at some point. Michael Keaton's Christian Bale. I Bales. didn't even fucking answer. Oh, sorry, sorry. Neither of them. They both suck. Um, I don't know. Michael Jackson. What? Nope, it's Michael Jackson because he has that like childlike wonder that he never lost because he's insane. So he would just absolutely finish the escape room. <laughs> Michael Keaton's Christian Bale's or Ben Affleck's Batman. Michael Keaton probably is the most puzzle-solving Batman. The other two are like the gritty badass. I'm gonna punch things till I solve them. Batman. So I'd probably go with Michael Keaton, though that is in no way representative of who my favorite Batman is. I just want that to be clear. Who's your favorite Batman? Um, Adam West. Answer the question and favorite Batman. I would have to agree with Michael Keaton, because I also agree. I think that, yeah, I think the other two. I mean, come on. He hit Superman with a freaking <laughs> thing. That still pisses me off every time I think about it. I'm so mad about it. Gosh. <laughs> I haven't seen you this mad since we talked about Velveeta cheese. Don't trust that. Don't even get me started on Velveeta. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think Michael Keaton. He definitely is more of the strategic Batman. He he gives that idea off more, Mm -hmm. whereas the other two are more... Not that they don't have strategy. They just are more fighting their way through it instead of... Well, who's your favorite Batman? Who's your favorite Batman, and why is it George Clooney? (laughs) Is it the nipples? nipples? It's the nipples. It's gotta be. (laughs) Although I have seen those movies quite a few times. Like, uh, Batman and Robin Forever. For sure I've seen that. Yeah, I think too you just combined like too many times. No, that's Val Kilmer. I don't remember. Well, I honestly, there's there's too many. The one, well, that one was so good too because it's like I'm bad at titles. Here's so. Poison Ivy and Bane and Ice Guy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we know we're only gonna have one of these. Let's go. Val Kilmer was that Penguin? Was that Danny DeVito? No, that was uh, Batman Returns. Still Michael Keaton. Okay. And okay, then it okay, was okay, Kilmer. Okay. I guess I guess technically Christian Bale would be favorite Batman. Not really for any of his attributes. I just like that version like of Batman. The movies, like I just the, the movies were good, and that yeah. that um like the the way that he was represented. Yeah. Like well, in the parts where he was Christian Bale, I fucking hated. So <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, you're Batman now. It doesn't matter who's under the mask at this point. Swear <laughs> <laughs> to me, why is Harvey dead? Why is he? Steve McQueen as Hiltz, the Cooler King from Great Escape. Or Andy Dufresne from The Shawshank Redemption. Well, I don't know who the first guy is <laughs> in any of the words you said. Steve McQueen? Yep, don't know who that is. Don't know who the character is. Don't know what the movie is. So. <laughs> that part is that's exactly what I was thinking. I have no idea. I'll go with Andy, Andy Dufresne. I mean, he went 
the reviewer. Yeah. He'll do anything. Fucking, he'll get out of there. The first time I saw Andy Dufresne. Damn. <laughs> Two celebrity interviews in one podcast? <laughs> Why, what hello. is going on? I'm Morgan Freeman. That's super good, Morgan Freeman. Thanks for talking at me. Gosh, sorry, Janet. We didn't mean to <laughs> overshadow you with this random celebrity who wandered into our apartment. I just remembered when we did Spa Day, Nick's attempt at Morgan Freeman. At all of the accents? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not great. No. <laughs> We're bringing that segment back soon. Oh, God, please. Yes, please. I... But you guys are going to write down impressions you can do. Uh, that's not... And then I'm going to throw them out and then put in ones that I think you should do. Okay. Changing pace a little bit. Would you rather, if you were in prison, spend six months in solitary confinement and be done with your sentence, or spend two years in general population? Probably two years in minimum security yeah. or gen pop. Yeah. Then I mean, you guys didn't kill anybody, right? No, I'd go to gen pop. I'd go fucking nuts. Six months? Are you joking? I thought the allure might be shorter sentence. Yeah. Well, I, I get that. I think I would go six months. Yeah? Really? I would, yeah. I don't I mean... The inside of that room would be covered in semen. (laughs) (laughs) That's six months guaranteed no shanking. (laughs) Versus two years of possible shanking. But if you're in minimum security gen pop, it means you're with a bunch of other people who aren't in there for violent crimes. So chances are... I mean, higher that you're not going to get shanked. I, mean, I, I get one of those faces, man. They're like, I, let's shank this guy. I, we, I don't like this guy. You need to get shanked. I would be a pretty little money. white boy in Gen Pop. <laughs> Hi, guys. If you had to escape to another country, which one would you go to and why? Well, Canada, because it's close. Loving on Trudeau. The guy's a beast. No, actually, Canada's actually pretty good. Canada or Germany, for sure. I think both of them are. <laughs> Heading in the right direction. Mitch, where would you go if you were escaping the country? Ireland. <laughs> I would not. What? Well, they're really pleasant there. Courtney and I actually looked into moving to Ireland. I think I'd probably go to Italy. Like Aziz Ansari in the show Master of None? I've never watched it. Oh my god, it's so good. You guys should watch it. He goes there to make pasta. <laughs> Have you watched it? I watched a couple episodes. Uh... It doesn't seem like it'd be your type of show, though. Yeah. So I recommended it to Mitch. He's kind of more of that indie weird dude so i like i mean i like indie weird uh... you're welcome favorite escape from reality video games are you joking yeah yeah video games. yeah it's gotta be video <laughs> i was games. like trying to think of something no no just video games or heroin oh yeah but mostly video games okay yeah i don't do heroin this isn't just a podcast <laughs> it's an intervention it's an... oh <laughs> dum-dum I could only think of the SVU noise. The first two sounds? <laughs> dum dum. That wasn't even. This is a lot of <laughs> You know who Steve McQueen, whatever you said. You don't know who Law and Order versus S. What I don't understand is how do you not know who Steve McQueen is? He's iconic. Which I guess you said. You said SVU, right? So I guess that's a Law and Order, but get out of here. You're getting SVU. Well, I don't have any more. Do you guys have any? I'm going to look up who Steve McQueen is. <laughs> Steve. Not the director. The film director? Not the, <laughs> not the film director. Nope, there's there's only the director, Steve McQueen. Alright, I got a hypothetical for you guys. He jumps over Nazis. No, that's, those aren't Nazis. Yeah, they're Nazis. He jumps over Nazis on a motorcycle. So Damn. I just assumed they were Nazis. I saw by barbed wire and yeah. just for some reason thought Nazis. Mostly, <laughs> mostly the barbed wire he jumps over, but you can just... Throwing the Nazis. There's probably Nazis down there oh, somewhere. They're chasing them. Yeah. And so also he, how can we jump over them if they're chasing them? He turns they're around. Behind. <laughs> You're missing the point. It's a good movie. Who would be better escaping 
Edward Norton's character from The Illusionist or Hugh Jackman's character from Prestige? Hugh Jackman. Uh, he just he didn't do any actual magic. He just killed himself over and over and over again. Spoilers. Yeah. That's how the movie ends. Um, so Edward Norton, because he actually hatches like a super awesome plan. I fucking love that movie. Both those I, movies are amazing. I, yeah. I love both those movies. That was one of those weird instances where both of those movies came out right around yes. the same time, and they were like sort of like Deep Impact and the other one Armageddon. But there's so did Ants and a Bug's Life, White House Down, and Olympus, Olympus has fallen. Yep. Another example. And another example. Yeah. Oh gosh, good one. That was I didn't think of that one. Wow. 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 Well, thank you guys for coming on and talking about this wonderful experience we had together collectively. Thank you to Escape Room Wisconsin, the Appleton branch, for hosting us. It was awesome. And once again, Janet Varney, check her out on JV Club, Staying Against Evil. Escape. Escape. The whole first season's on Geek and Sundry's YouTube and website. Anything you guys want to close with? Join us next week when we don't have a celebrity guest. <laughs> Join us next week when we all cosplay as our favorite Batman in Fifth Fight. Join us next week when I learn a third type of owl besides Barn and Snowy. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next time when we figure out if they count with two different owls when they're riding each other. <laughs> Becomes a mega owl. I've, I read it, read it somewhere, I'm pretty sure. Mighty Morphin Owl Rangers. Yes. Join us next time when we wear hats. <laughs> <laughs> it adds nothing to this audio format, but we'll, you'll be able to hear it because we'll be more confident. Yeah. Join us next week when, for real, we're probably doing a um, murder mystery party. Yeah, wow. wow. Join us next time when I'm just an honest businessman. <laughs> just an honest... Oh my god, he was. Yeah, so no, that's probably legitimately our next episode. We'll be, um, we had a murder mystery party and now we're going to talk about it. Not now, but eventually. It wasn't a clean ending, so we got to think of some catchy ending line. Ending line. We don't have the right. Be sure to check out PullmanPodcasts.com for future projects. And follow us on Twitter at PullmanPodcasts.